Our gospel reading for today is from Matthew, chapter 23, starting at verse 37. And this will also be the text used as the basis of our meditation and sermon today. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? And you are not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is our gospel reading. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Places matter. Places are important. Places hold memories. Places impact our our lives and the way we act. I know when we go as a family back to Ohio, back to Chardon, Ohio, where I grew up, One of the things that I do as dad is take my kids and my family around to the places that were important to me. They might not be important to them, but they're important to me, and I'm dad, so they have to sit in the car and go along with this, right? You go to places like the elementary school and the middle school and high school that I, I went to when I was, was growing up. We go to places like the football field there that I played at. We go up to the town square, the place where our town, our community, held the Maple Festival and where we went every spring. And it would be slowy, snowy and, and sleeting and cold, and yet we'd go there to the carnival and enjoy our maple stirs, if you know anything about those. We'd go to my home. Two homes that I lived in in that community. One when uh, I was really little, and then in middle school when I moved across town, we would go to those places. Those places hold memories for me. And when I go to them, uh, there's a little bit of nostalgia that comes with the whole thing. Places, I would say, are important. And what we're going to do this season of Lent is we're going to take some time to look at places, the places of the passion. Right? The Lent, if, if you're not familiar, Lent is... That season from Ash Wednesday uh, leading up to Holy Week, it's a season normally referred to or thought of as a a time of preparation for our Lord's Passion, for, for Passion Week, so that we can have our hearts and minds in the right place. We do things like fasting, giving things up to help prepare ourselves Places of the passion of our Lord Jesus. It's Passion 
week, right? When, when we think of, of the word passion, a lot of times we think of like strong feelings or love towards someone. But when we're talking about our Lord's passion, we're talking about that last week of his life. In fact, passion can be translated as suffering. <laughs> so the next time you talk about being passionately in love with someone, just keep that in mind. <laughs> passion, the passion of our Lord is what brings meaning to our life, gives us forgiveness, gives us salvation and redemption. And the passion of our Lord it happened in a specific place. In fact, places, I would say, are important to God. God created places. Not only was God the creator, is God the creator of places, but God also resided in places in the person of Jesus Christ. That's part of the the beauty and the mystery of the incarnation. God Almighty, who made the heavens and the earth, came down to be with us, to be a man, and to, to live in the very places that he created. Specifically, places in the Middle East, in what was at that time the Roman province of Judea, places that we can go to today, places that we can visit, that we can see with our eyes, like the home of Peter and Andrew in Capernaum, where Jesus did much of his ministry in the region of Galilee. We can see that today. Places like the Pool of Siloam that's in Jerusalem that's recently been uh, part of a a big archaeological dig, and they excavated that area so that you can see the place where Jesus healed a blind man. Places like the Sea of Galilee where we can go to and and take off our shoes and feel the sand beneath our feet and between our toes. Places where Jesus lived. And there are special places, of course, that Jesus spent during that Passion Week. So that's what we'll be talking about these next few weeks, the places of the Passion Places are important to God because not only did God create them, not only did God come and live in them, God also redeemed them. (laughs) The Bible tells us that when, when Jesus comes back, that the earth, this place, is is waiting with anticipation. Because it too will be redeemed when we, the followers of Christ, are redeemed. Places matter to God because places are where the gospel has happened. Places are where the gospel is happening. And places are where the gospel 
will happen when Jesus returns. Places are important to God, and they're important to us as well. Today, in particular, I want to take some time to think about the place of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city where our Lord Jesus spent the last week of his life. And so it's just sort of the, the wide-angle uh, view of the places of the Passion, the other places of the Passion that we're going to talk about in subsequent week, like, like the Mount of Olives, Garden of Gethsemane, uh, the Upper Room, Golgotha, the Tomb. Those are places within or near Jerusalem. And so we, let's take a look, though, at this city that was such an important place for this world. Jerusalem, if we uh, just take a look at the, the, the meaning of the word, it's city of, of peace, of rest, is what, what we sang just a moment ago. City of peace and rest. It's a place that when David... The king, a thousand years before Jesus walked on earth, when he took the throne over all of Israel, he made Jerusalem his home base, his headquarters, the capital, if you will. It's referred to sometimes as the city of David. And then after David, his son Solomon built the temple of God, and we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks but built the temple of God in Jerusalem. Pilgrims, Israelites, for hundreds of years before Jesus, spent time making pilgrimages to Jerusalem, where they'd, they'd go to the temple, where they'd go and offer sacrifices, where they'd go and watch the sacrifice and see what the Lord does with the sacrifice in that place. Jerusalem was a place that Israelites went to specifically three times a year, Passover, and then Pentecost, and then Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booze. Those those are the three big feasts of the Israelite of Jewish religion. And so they would go to Jerusalem, and they would sing songs, like Psalm 122, songs of ascent, why, why is it referred to as a song of ascent? Because Jerusalem was always up, right? You go up to the mountain of God, up to the city of David. And so as these people came from all over Israel and converged on Jerusalem, they would sing these songs, these psalms of ascent. Jerusalem, not so unlike Summit County, would, would swell in its population during these feasts when people came from all over the Roman Empire to be there. And it's in Jerusalem where we find Jesus when he spoke the words we heard in our gospel reading today. This is Tuesday of Passion Week. So Jesus has come into Jerusalem. 
And as he's come in, he spent time teaching. That's what he did for those first few days of Passion Week. Teaching. And his teaching, let's just say, uh, Jesus didn't soft pedal much. He spoke uh, directly. He confronted those who were living in sin. And he called them out and called them to repentance. Specifically, the, the chapter before our reading, or right, the verses, I should say, right before our reading today, he has what's referred to as his seven woes. His seven woes that he speaks against the, the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of the day, the pastors. And what was he calling them out for? One of the big things, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Uh, he, he had no place for this. Uh, he, he says things like this, Woe to you, uh, because you tithe, you know how, to, how much you're supposed to give. But you don't seek justice and mercy. Hypocrites. Hypocrisy, because outwardly, they would be clean. They would wear very nice, elaborate garments so they, they could be seen and respected. But on the inside, they're filled with greed and hate. Woe to them, because outwardly, they were beautiful. Inside, they're just like empty tombs. Filled with, or just like tombs, whitewashed tombs, I should say, that are beautiful on the outside and filled with dead men's bones. He called Jerusalem out for being the city that killed prophets. When God sent people to speak his truth, hard truth, <laughs> they would be the ones who would Make sure that person went away as much as they try to distance themselves from it. And do you see, do you see what's, what's going on here? He is speaking directly to them for their sins. Sin, sin is when we're in the wrong place or when we want to maintain our place and position in life, when we are willing to do that at the cost of other people, when we care more about what we look like on the outside than about what is actually happening on the inside, about what we're thinking, about how we're living, how we're loving others. Sin is when we're in the wrong place. In fact, when, when we pray, the Lord's Prayer, like we did just a moment ago, we prayed, forgive us our trespasses. That very word conjures up the thought of a place, right? Where else do we see? The only other place we see the word trespass in life is on no trespassing signs in our world. 
when people say, don't step on my property. What is sin? It's us going to the wrong place. It's when we are going to the wrong place in our mind, thinking about someone else's wife. When we are going to the wrong place uh, with our, our finances, and we know taxes, tax season is coming up, and we fudge a few things so that we don't have to pay so much to the IRS. Sin is when we say things that take us to the wrong places about our, our brother, about our mother, about our, our sister, when we speak words of slander, of hatred, of hurt. Sin is when we go to places that God hasn't designed in attempts to, re- to receive happiness. And that is exactly what Jesus calls out when he's in Jerusalem. Think about this, though. Like, this wasn't easy for Jesus. Jesus loved Jerusalem. We're told in Luke chapter 2 that every year Jesus and his family would go and make that pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover. It was a place that was filled with, with good memories. It was a place where he had good times, relationships, conversations. He knew what God had been doing in that place. He himself has a heart for the city of Jerusalem. We even see this in his words in our text today when he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Makes me think of when he says after his resurrection, Martha, Martha. A term of endearment, a term of love, a term of compassion. Jesus, after speaking these hard words to the people in Jerusalem, has an aside, has a moment where says, how often I've wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. Well, what's going on here? What is, what is Jesus talking about? Uh, here's a, a picture of, of a hen gathering her chicks under her wings, protecting them. Uh, another picture here is in the rain. She's trying to keep her Chicks dry. Came across a story this past week about how chickens, hens, would protect their chicks in barn fires. When the barn is burning down, when everything's going to pot, when that place is being destroyed the hen would cover her chicks. And there had been instances where the hen had been completely burnt, died, and then out from underneath her wings emerged her chicks that survived. 
when Jesus uses this image of a hen gathering her chicks, he's talking about his love for the people of Jerusalem, how he wants them to come to him, come to a place of safety, come gather underneath my wings so I can protect you. And they would not. So he laments. But the same desire that Jesus had for the people of Jerusalem in that day is the desire that he has for you and me today. That we would, we would come, that we would, would gather, come to him, receive the benefits of, of his passion. When he suffered our mocking, our beating, our rejection, our death that we earned by our sins, by going to that wrong place, where he suffered those on our behalf so that we could have his life, his salvation, his protection, and be gathered together in a safe place, in that safe retreat, underneath the outstretched wings, if you will, of our Lord Jesus upon the cross. The last verse of our reading for today says this, For, for I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now we, we hear those words and start to wonder, okay, well, when is that, right? At first, it make, makes me think of Palm Sunday. However, that's already happened. That was back in chapter 21 of Matthew's Gospel. So obviously Jesus isn't talking about that. So then people have speculated, commentators speculated, well, maybe he's talking about his, his ascension, or maybe he's talking about his second coming when he comes back again. And, and all people are compelled to bring him praise. One commentary, and I thought this was an interesting option, said this, that he would translate the word until, and instead of saying until, he would say unless. For I tell you, you will not see me again unless... You say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Interesting. Whether that's exactly what Jesus meant at this point, I will say theologically it's accurate, is upon our confession of sins, our repentance, uh, that we receive the grace of our Lord Jesus. That word is a word for you today. Come to Jesus. He loves you. He cares for you. He'll protect you through this life and into eternity. Now, we can see here that uh, Jesus cares for places. He cared for 
Jerusalem, that places were important to him, and that places are important or ought to be important to us. You could call this sermon not Jerusalem, Jerusalem, but Summit, Summit. Right? We love this place. At least I think we do, right? It's a beautiful place, part of God's creation. 619 square miles. Its uh, elevation ranges from 8,000, just below 8,000 feet above sea level to over 14,200 feet above sea level. There's a population of 31,000 people that swells five to six times larger than that during peak travel and, and tourism times. It's beautiful. There's a history of, of mining and fur tra- or trapping for furs, skiing, summer, uh, the beauties of, of summer activities that we enjoy. But we also lament. Summit, summit. Because when we're here, we can see the hardness of, of people's hearts. Can see spiritual apathy. Something less than ten percent of our population regularly attends a Protestant church here in Summit County. It's seemingly godless, and so we want to, as we follow Jesus to the places that He goes, we also want to have the feelings, the compassion that he has. So a few things that I thought of how, how we can have the Jerusalem, Jerusalem, summit, summit compassion of our Lord Jesus. First, I think, oh, I should have shown that a second ago, but that's pretty, isn't it? Worth looking at for a moment. First, it's, it's important for us if we want to have the compassion of Jesus for this place. Remember what Paul writes in Ephesians six twelve: For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What, what we're dealing with here is spiritual. People aren't our enemies. Our neighbors aren't our enemies. They might, might have different views. They might be uh, opponents in some ways, but not our enemies. Can't be on mission to an enemy, right? That's almost impossible. Uh, I, I like to think of it this way, that they're, they can be opponents kind of in the same way that... Um, the team you're playing against in baseball is your opponent. They're your opponent, but they're not your enemy. You don't want them to get hurt. You don't want them to to suffer. You want them to have a happy, full life as well. So uh, we view the people here in Summit County, even if they are our opponents, but still as Human beings that we walk for. Human beings 
that Jesus died for, human beings that Jesus called to come gather under his wings. Next, I'd say we focus on the importance of the unity of the body of Christ. And we, we long, what we say is this in our vision statement. We say we long to see compassion, community, and communion with Christ offered to every person here in Summit County. That's a big vision statement. I, I'd like to think that's God-sized vision statement. Compassion, community, communion with Christ to every person in Summit County. As I see it, we can't do that by ourselves. I'm not really good at math, but I don't think we have uh, enough people to reach 31,000 in our county. But we have other brothers and sisters in the county. So important for us to, when we have an opportunity, to partner with them, to work with them, to share the love of Christ with them, that we do so. This, this past week, actually past two weeks, I probably had more conversations with other pastors in the community than I have in the three-plus years that I've been up here because, as everyone knows, there, there are some uh, issues regarding schooling that we would like to address. And speaking with Jim from, uh, Pastor Jim from Dillon Community Church, he said something that I think was right on. Back to what I quoted from Ephesians 6, that we have to remember, these people aren't our enemies. They're deceived, maybe, but they're not our enemies. We look to love them and share the love that Christ has shared with us. Also, I'd, I'd say this, that we intentionally develop relationships in this community. That the, that now, for some of us, that can mean joining uh, city, uh, city council, running for school board. <laughs> for others of us, that can mean just taking a moment to cross the street and meet our neighbors. But building relationships with the people in Summit as we care and love for Summit. And of course, finally, last but certainly not least, we pray for Summit County. In my devotion uh, this morning, I was reminded, I read a quote that said, prayer does not prepare us for the greater works of ministry. Prayer is the greater work of ministry. That is when we get to speak to Jesus, the one who has invited us in to follow him, to take refuge under his wings, who has given life and salvation to this community and to this world. So may we, as we we follow Jesus, follow him in this place, in this community, sharing his love and giving him all the glory. Amen.